0: Hello, I'm Hannah Jenner, and I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a Body Image Podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender, so please help us out by subscribing
1: and sharing and if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Episode 8, coming at you live from a small room in my house in Santa Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> that was a new one. Uh, feeling kind of fun.
0: Paint the picture.
1: Paint the picture. <laughs> um, because this episode has probably my most favorite title.
0: It's pretty much the best podcast title that's ever, ever. put out there. In the yeah. world. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. And it
1: basically makes no sense whatsoever until we tell you where it came from. <laughs> but here is episode eight. <laughs> Spreading cake on bread. <laughs> I feel like that in itself should have its own little like introduction. Exactly.
0: We're going to have to get uh, get some posts for this about cake.
1: Um. So I feel like before we, we go anywhere... We do need to explain,
0: or <laughs> put a little title. context
1: behind what the hell we're talking about when we say spreading cake on bread. Because yes, ladies and
0: gentlemen, that happened. It, it was a real thing. It was a real thing.
1: Rachel, tell do you want, tell, do you want me tell to tell the story? Better. Okay,
0: so uh, I just had a birthday recently, and uh, the this is my second pandemic birthday, actually. So. Um, you know, you got to really work on making those special when you can't do maybe all the things you would normally do for your birthday. Um, and whereas last year we were kind of out in the parking lot on Zoom, <laughs> or it wasn't even Zoom at then, we were trying to use Google Hangouts. Google Hangouts, that's right. Different different options as we were learning online tools like that. Um, but last year Hannah made me a birthday cake that was a flowerless. A dark chocolate cake with a peanut butter swirl. Chocolate and peanut butter is one of my absolute favorite combinations. Uh, and it was delicious. I, I think I saved a piece of it in the freezer for months. I don't know when I finally finished eating it, but I tried to save it as much as possible. Um, so this past birthday, I requested that same cake.
1: Can we call that a tradition? Is oh, it's yeah. two in
0: a row a tradition? Yeah, it two... It, well, I mean, I definitely don't want you to stop making me that cake. <laughs> so the yes, dark chocolate, we'll call it a tradition.
1: cake with the peanut butter swirl. Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, yeah, maybe we can tell them later the ingredients. It's a very impressive ingredient list. Um, but it's delicious. And so this year, I wanted that cake again. Uh, we we actually got had a little getaway um Hannah and I and and our, our hubbies uh, went to the mountains to play in the snow and had a wonderful weekend away. Uh, so I requested that this cake come with us. And when we were we cut into the cake and we realized that it was like because it's flourless, it's like this delicious fluffy mousse. Like it's like a mousse. yeah, like it's definitely like a mousse or a ganache, like I don't know all those British baking show like differentiations of that but but anyway we realized that it it was so fluffy it was kind of like whipped butter or something and it essentially is it pretty much is chocolate (laughs) delicious chocolate butter like um but we had also stopped at my favorite breakfast place uh in all of California Alabama Hills Cafe in Lone Pine, California and bought some of their cinnamon bread which is like the most delicious bread to make french toast with stuff like that so we had this cinnamon swirl bread and i actually can't remember how it came up but we were talking about the 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 texture of this and we were like this would be amazing spread on that cinnamon bread like nutella (laughs) on steroids (laughs) pretty much right yes thank you actually hannah and 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 the uk and the rest of europe for always telling us how good Nutella is as like a breakfast food <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it's, it's your sugar pretty much chocolate breakfast. sugar uh, spread on toast
1: although I would like to say there is no sugar apart from what is in the dark chocolate there is no sugar added to the dark chocolate flowerless cake
0: that is true you're right so technically you're right. It's it is it, yeah but that totally means it's healthy um so of course because we're in the mountains we're on vacation we've got this cake. Uh, we also have Hannah's husband, Dave, the photographer. So this turned into a hilarious photo shoot of us spreading this cake onto this cinnamon bread. Um, carbs on
1: carbs on carbs. <laughs> spreading carbs
0: on carbs and just really diving into enjoying this cake. So,
1: Which in turn led to a discussion about what spreading cake on bread really means. Um, in terms of our own personal nutrition journey, we all know because everybody listening to this has clearly listened from episode one through seven so far, right right knows all about us all about our stories they and would if you understand our thought process. Now there. is the time. Um, but Rachel has been counting macros for several months and has recently been on a cut. I just kind of started counting my macros kind of loosely about three weeks ago just getting ready to do a weight cut which I started on Monday this week so I'm now tracking everything I eat again. Um, Any background noise you can hear is courtesy of my little golden doodle who thinks that there is cake to be had (laughs) and if she had cake she would spread it on bread and enjoy it. So we got to talking about how nice it was and important to be able to kind of check out from your regular routine if you if you're someone who works out you know five six days a week if you've been macro counting and weighing and measuring everything how important it is to be able to switch off take a break step away from that routine not track everything that goes into your mouth and be okay with it and not only just be okay with it, but be able to enjoy it and live in the moment and not freak out about it. So, yep. spreading cake on bread <laughs> is this week's episode and it is basically all about that, like the the high, the, the good points, the low points about counting macros, why it works, when you need to recognize that perhaps it's time to take a break, and all that good stuff surrounding that.
0: So. I always do that I say some stuff and then I say so. so I think I do it as well I I feel it it's it's like um I know <laughs> I start I start a lot of phrases with um okay and then I'll go on to my thought it's, it's funny, just one of those filler words when you but,
1: record yourself you're like goodness I really sound like that um Rachel <laughs> having been counting your mac having counted your macros for several months mostly on it like I know you took like Christmas day off and you've had yeah you know probably the odd glass of wine or whatever here or there that perhaps you didn't account for probably my fault Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) probably yes
1: (laughs) how did because I feel like that weekend your birthday weekend so we we were Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday I feel like that weekend for you was probably more I don't even want to use the word stressful but more like oh gosh, I need to break the counting of macros that I've been so good with. For me, it was more, because I was still only like dipping a toe in macro counting, it was more like, oh gosh, I'm not going to the gym doing what I usually right, do. Right, we Even were though of we're going to be routines. snowboarding, which yeah. is exercise and like walking around and up in the mountains. So we both had something that has become very much a part of our routine taken away for the weekend. How did you feel about it? Especially when you were spreading... cake Cake
0: on bread on bread (laughs) so yeah I mean I think we we talked about it ahead of time so I think that's that's really I mean probably going to be an important theme through all of this discussion is like you can plan for times where you're not in your routine right not nothing nothing can just be so super consistent the whole time. So we we talked about this beforehand, right? We're like getting ready for this trip and we're like, all right, we're not going to count our macros, right? Right. Because I wanted this cake. I wanted to have, you know, birthday dinners. We wanted to, you know, go to y'all's favorite like breakfast restaurant. We knew we'd be eating Mm, pancakes. pancakes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Snickers in pancakes. That was the alternate title for this episode because we also had Snickers pancakes that weekend. Um, So yeah, so when you know that's coming up, that that was useful that we talked about it ahead of time. Um, And I think I felt good because in my head, I was just like, I'm just going to try to at least hit my protein numbers and then I don't really care about anything else. Um, But yeah, we also knew we'd be active and we'd be outdoors a lot. And you always kind of underestimate probably like how many steps you get and how active you are when you're actually outside playing. Because we probably don't, we don't do that much. We think of the gym as like, place we go to exercise, but really, you know, play also takes a lot of energy. So, um, I felt a little nervous cause it really was like four days was the longest I had, you know, intentionally decided to like break this sort of strict, uh, yeah, like tracking that I'd been doing pretty much since September. Like not that I was perfect every single day of all these months, but I knew, um, Yeah, four days is a long time. And you start to get a little nervous about whether or not four days will actually, how much difference four days can make. So I felt pretty good about going in. We had a great time. Um, It was a little harder coming home, but we can talk about that later.
1: (laughs) Was there any moments whether it was going out for dinner where you have no clue what like you mentioned ingredients of the cake. You know what's in the cake. Right, um, But yeah. like going out yeah. for dinner, you never quite know like how they've cooked your food, how much yeah. oil or butter or whatever they used. Did you feel, were you able to completely just unplug and be like, I don't care? Or was there moments where you're like, I'm trying not to
0: care, but I do. Yeah, it was probably more that I'm trying not to care. I mean, after a couple cocktails in the afternoon. I wasn't caring probably. (laughs) Um, And, you know, every every time you go out to a restaurant, you can kind of, when I am tracking, I would like automatically add an extra tablespoon of oil or things like that in times when I don't know how things are cooked. But but it was a little of both. I mean, when we went out to breakfast, uh, you know, I got the veggie hash so I could at least have some broccoli and some Brussels sprouts with my Snickers pancakes. (laughs) But I think that's just, you know, that's a different kind of habit. That doesn't really have anything to do with macros. That just has to do with the fact that I still wanted to have some healthy food along with the delicious Snickers pancakes. How many
1: Brussels sprouts undoes a pancake?
0: (laughs) I don't know. We had so many Brussels sprouts that weekend. Remember how many meals there were Brussels sprouts in? I didn't have any. That means I just like feel I like got all were... the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you don't often see an, a breakfast place offer Brussels sprouts in an omelet. I feel like Brussels sprouts must be just very popular in Mammoth. <laughs> like,
1: there you go. There you go. Yeah. Did you feel more anxious about the food or the drinking? Because I mean, we uh, honestly we didn't go wild with drinking, like compared to what yeah. I might have done a few years ago. But it was definitely more than we've been drinking recently. So oh, yeah. what make do, do is there a difference? Is like, oh, booze is fine. I'm just gonna ignore that. But I'm concerned about what I'm eating. Or are they both like, oh God? Because like there was so on our final final night, I think we went and got pizza, which is kind of like an alien experience to me. I get cheeseless oh, yeah. pizza.
0: <laughs> Hannah can't have but cheese. While so that we ordered pizza. the
1: pizza um we and I'm so out of the habit of ever thinking about pizza as an option for yeah. food I just don't do it um but we went to a bar and we went aside and we were looking at the drinks menu and I think I was the first person to order and literally I hit I even though I'm not I wasn't tracking I hit that point and the weekend where I was like <laughs> I have eaten too much crap <laughs> and I've drunk yeah. too much alcohol and I'm starting to feel bad about it. So I was like, I'll have a soda water. Yeah, All of Hannah, guys Hannah broke at me it. Like, she, she, she ordered and, soda water. <laughs> and my husband just goes, you've hit that point, haven't you? I was like, yeah. And then I spend the rest of the night thinking like, is that bad? Should I just like go, just throw caution to the wind and, and have at it? But I was like, I don't think I'm going to feel good yeah. if I put... yeah, Maybe if we had been going out for a salad and not right, pizza. Right, right. It was pizza we would have been different, so. But it was... And on the one hand, it's a good thing, because I don't think I would have learned anything new by having an extra drink that day. But on the other hand, I was kind of like, dang it, like, why do I still have such a strong like, cutoff switch where I'm like, no, you've had enough.
0: So yeah. So for you, was and it like... And it took you three, I mean, three days to get there, but I mean, that, that me. Was it was food it or drink, would you say, more yeah. that was like, "Oh, So for me, it was drink, for sure. Because I really, like, I mean the more you learn about nutrition and you track macros and you, you know, you start to be able to eyeball things and just sort of guess. And so I've gotten decently well at like estimating my macros. Um, And I knew I wasn't hitting my numbers by any means, but um, I didn't feel that guilty about really any of the food. Uh, But the alcohol, the tricky thing with alcohol is just that what I've learned so much in the, the journey of doing like maintenance calories and then going into a cut is how important sleep is to seeing results in the changes of your body composition. So for me, alcohol generally means my sleep is going to be disrupted. Mm -hmm. So I feel worse. Like the alcohol kind of gets me because then I start thinking, okay, you have a couple drinks. Yeah, you you lose your inhibition, so you're probably gonna start snacking on things, or eating a whole pizza, or doing you know there, there's other things related to food that certainly come up. But then it's also like we were, I mean, we stayed up past ten o'clock oh. like three nights in a row. <laughs> Hannah, like That's it so was, cool.
1: Yeah, That's so I cool. mean,
0: uh, for for those of you who don't know, I mean, Hannah and I are pretty devoted to going to bed around like nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, yeah, really early though. It, it helps it. Yeah, my 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 partner, he goes he'll go to bed at like 8:15 because he gets up at 4 a.m., so that helps, but um but yeah, so I think that's what it was for me is like we did all this drinking, staying up a little later than usual, so my sleep just wasn't as good. Plus we were at like 10,000 feet, which altitude affects your sleep kept me up,
1: and like different yeah. beds. Like I'm so particular yeah. about the yeah. damn bed and I mean, I took my own pillow.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank god. you <laughs> that can travel with me. your own things at that. Like saved that. Me. Yeah. So, do you feel like you did a good job of being able to unplug from the routine of macro counting? Or did you have any kind of alarm bells of like, holy crap, I'm starting to get to the point where macro counting is kind of controlling me a little bit? And if that happened, is it enough of a warning flag to be like, ah, I probably should think about moving
0: towards intuitive eating for yeah days. yeah i mean i'm not yeah I, I don't know if i've ever really got to a point where i i worry that i'm obsessing about it too much cuz i think um i don't know i i guess i i don't really have much frame of reference from my past right like i imagine you, you have you are much more in tune to your triggers and stuff because of your past with an eating disorder, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really have that. So I, I do have an addictive personality, though. Like, I mean, we've talked about that. Like, I used to smoke. I, you know, I, I definitely, like, feel that kind of trigger sometimes. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's more I, I just intuitively know on, like, an emotional intelligence level that I don't want to ever get to a point of having an unhealthy relationship with food. So, so I think these kinds of breaks are important. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I felt good about it going in. I was like, yeah, it's my birthday weekend. We're going away with friends. We're not going to have our own kitchen, our own, you know, routine of eating and cooking and stuff like that. So it's better, it's just healthier to have a, you know, more open mind about that. And I mean, out there on the internet, there's like a million videos of like, how to count your macros if you're going to a wedding, or how do you do? You know, how do you look at the restaurant menus ahead of time and pre-track everything? And and there's a place for that, I think, if you really feel you need to be there. But like, if you're going to someone's wedding or something, like I just don't feel the need to be that strict.
1: I, yeah, I mean, I think if you're if you're like a weight class athlete,
0: yeah, there you go. Oh, That's a perfect example of a good reason to do it. You know, you
1: are literally <laughs> so black and white will have massive emotional eating problems and, like, the yeah. only thing that is keeping you, like, on the right path is by living by the set of numbers, then yeah. fine. But if you don't check any of those boxes, if you've gotten to the point where you cannot enjoy a day or yeah. a weekend, that's, like, a big warning flag. Yeah. I mean, I'm always really wary, like, with, with my clients. Like, yeah. if somebody is... I really don't like going much beyond six months straight of macro counting because it's just. At
0: all? Regardless of if it's like a, a cut or a. Maintenance. It depends. Like... It
1: depends. If somebody has managed to, you know, cut some weight and then we've like reset their set point and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ticking along kind of nicely and we're just sitting at maintenance and they're happy with their body composition, I'm all for trying to like. Phase out the macro counting and phase in the intuitive eating, and okay. it's that's it's interesting because like I'm over six well. months
0: now and I'm like oh is that something
1: I it's should like consider. everybody is different but like I don't like macro counting for me is something that unless you are like you said like a weight class athlete or there's a very specific set of circumstances yeah it's not something I feel like is necessarily healthy for I've got to keep this up for year after year after year. Right. Like by the time you've hit six months, if you're decently well-informed and you, you know, you're pretty stable with your emotional responses to food, you should have a pretty damn good idea of what it takes
0: to fuel your body. Hmm. So, so what does that look like? Cause I think intuitive eating, this is, um, it's definitely like a phrase I've, I've heard a lot. They're, 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 intuitive eating coaches, there's a lot of, you know, people talking about this on the interwebs, <laughs> yeah. but, like, what does that mean, what does that mean for you and, like, your clients, when you, like, move them to intuitive eating, what does that actually look like?
1: It's, I mean, the process of it basically begins with, like, phasing out um, macro tracking, so we don't go, like, all or nothing, it's not, like, macro counting seven days a week, dead stop, okay. because um as you will probably find out whenever you decide that you're no know, longer gonna weigh and measure and track everything yeah like it becomes like this it does get a hold of you like you know it does kind of own you a little bit yeah um and and it's a good thing to achieve results it's a good thing to learn how to best fuel your body and to like really learn like because so many people have actually no clue what they put in there right place. yeah like, exactly they really don't they think like <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't really eat any carbs in an actual fact that couldn't be further from the okay. truth. That's like every um, every
0: time you start coaching someone new or something, don't you always ask for a, just a food journal? Yeah, I like, mean... Just write down everything you just, eat and yeah, we'll let's, start let's there. Yeah, let's take a yeah. look
1: and most of the time what people think they're We're doing and what unaware. they're actually doing, there's a big discrepancy or people have no clue, just like... If you, when you're cooking and you're pouring olive oil, free flow, oh, God, that yeah. actually you turn something that was a low calorie meal into like something that was well over a thousand calories just because you ate half a bottle of olive oil. Measuring um, oil
0: and measuring nut butter. Those are the two things, right? That no one, yeah, like people are shocked when they find out what a serving is. When you measure what yeah. a serving
1: of peanut butter is, it's disappointing. It is.
0: It's a tiny little amount of
1: <laughs> and peanut I, butter. I actually, like when I first started macro counting and I, I, I loved peanut butter, I still love peanut yeah. butter. And I got mad at the jar of peanut butter because I refused to believe that what I was reading was actually true. Um, Because I was like, that cannot be right. It says like two teaspoons or two tablespoons or something like that. And what I was looking at was definitely not what I had been giving myself. Um, But intuitive eating, we generally start with just like, okay, we're going to maybe track four days out of the week. And we're going to pick three days where... You know how to eat. You know how to fuel yourself. Like, okay. Let's let us let go of the reins. And some people can dive right into three days. Some people, it's like, there's such a grip on macro counting. Like, oh my God, my life is going to fall apart if I don't track everything I right.
0: eat. Okay, well, let's go with one day and see do, how it goes. Do you check in with them on those days? Like, oh, do yeah. you talk about what they eat? It's and... like,
1: the, for some, the process, well, for most, but, you know, the process of extracting yourself from, like, obsessing over every gram of everything... Is is a long one, and it's a difficult one, and it can be a very emotional one, depending on the person. Like, yeah, some people can be like, okay, I'm good. Like, I actually am looking forward to the freedom of not feeling like I've got to plug everything in. And and sure, when you practice at it, it doesn't take that long. But um, it's I was very nervous the first time I ever coached somebody out of their macros and yeah. into intuitive eating. I was like, I don't know how this is gonna look. <laughs> the imposter syndrome was real <laughs> and on the other side this person had done it long enough um, they knew what was good food to eat what was yeah. not good food to eat they knew what made them feel great and what did not make them feel great and they like knew that if they went out for dinner and threw caution to the wind that sure if they weighed themselves the next day maybe it's gone up a little bit because it was more salt in the food right? or right. they just ate all the carbs and they were just loaded with glycogen and maybe a little bit
0: bloated, but feel great in your workout.
1: (laughs) But on the other side was like this immense freedom and this ability to really tune into like, what does my body need? Like what, what, what do I want? What do I need? And being able to go out and suddenly enjoy everything that little bit more. And Hmm. for the most part, Maybe there's been, like, a couple of pounds of weight gain. But overall, when I've transitioned people out of macro counting, they've been able to stay pretty much, like, where we got them to the point where they were happy with their body composition, they've been able to stay there.
0: And are these, um, because I I know your clients kind of run the gamut of of their level of activity and athleticism, I guess. Like, are these athletes? Are these folks that are, like intuitively eating for a certain kind of training, like they keep their training up the same or
1: Honestly, uh Or are some of them a, just like normal mix. people. There are like some guess. people that like have been like former athletes and okay. are now very normal people okay. with a very healthy relationship to the amount of exercise they do. Got it. And what they eat and and then, you know, every now and again they might just track for a couple of days just to see. Yeah. Um but there's like an immense freedom in intuitive eating, but I feel like macros is a great way to get you to learn like what food actually like is made up of. Right. To right. educate yeah. you. Like when I first did it, like I always thought that I didn't like I have a an issue with eating fat, for example. Like I right. cannot oh God, eat visible I know. fat. I know. Like <laughs> if, if you give me a piece of like American style bacon, I will pick out the meat and throw all of the fat aside. I'm sure it came from you know, earlier episodes we talked about, like, the 80s, 90s, where, like, fat made you fat, it's the the worst thing ever. And it's true, like, when I do count macros, all I have to do is cut fat down, and I will start losing weight. But, like, I still have this kind of stupid mental association that if I even look at fat, then it's coming coming to get (laughs) But when I first (laughs) tracked my macros, I was eating tons of red meat and just like cooking with olive oil not with like gay abandon but like yeah certainly not with a kind of eye of like oh wow this is this adds up fast and i was like oof. and the first couple of weeks when i first ever tracked macros was difficult i was like oh god i don't know how to eat anymore and i got it all wrong on some days and then you know you get to like 7 pm and you've got to eat egg whites cause oh like my god no that's the else. worst i
0: i remember that distinctly the first time i ever counted macros and you're hitting your protein numbers i think i feel like everyone who tried to do it on their own at some point had that moment where you've used up all your carbs you used up all your fat and so you're like what do i eat
1: what is that like egg whites uh,
0: egg elf. whites not cooked in butter just like egg whites we yeah egg whites i mean yeah this intuitive i mean intuitive eating it does I understand the freedom of that, but I got to admit like at this point right now, that sounds, that sounds like scarier to me because I think I've gotten in such a routine and I think the reason I could be comfortable going away for my birthday for four days and not worrying about it was that I knew when I got back on Monday, I was just going to go back to my routine, right? And I was, I, I, you know, I understand in myself but also I have coaches and friends to remind me that like four days isn't enough to lose 20 pounds which means it's also not enough to like gain 20 pounds right like mm-hmm. four days isn't going to ruin anything you can always get back to your routine and stuff like that but do you... you
1: weigh in every day do you yeah how...
0: I do so I do
1: how nervous were you super nervous getting on yes. your scale after super my weekend
0: super nervous and 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 I mean rightly so because it was higher right and it's actually we're now 10 days after that like and it's still I, I'm still like it's not it's not that it's really gone up it's it's I've just stayed at like a plateau from where I was before that week um and there's tons of reasons for that right like I know if you drink a bunch of alcohol um you might weigh less the next day because your body's dehydrated and then probably for two to three days, your, your weight will actually be elevated. Um, and like, you know, I've read all that, like, I understand the science of that, but it still sucks to see that on the scale. Um, even though I know, you know, why it's happening. So if you had told me that I was going to take those four days off and then come back and have to eat intuitively, I don't. I don't know if I would have been able to like take those four days with so much like with such lightness, right? And just be like, yeah, no problem. Because so
1: do you not trust yourself to be able to eat like kind of what your body needs to stay at maintenance, or to be able to like eat in your slight yeah. deficit that you've been sitting at for a while now?
0: I don't think. I I don't think so. I mean, that's why I find it fascinating to be like, at what point do you feel comfortable enough that you know what you're doing. Because like, I definitely, I've gotten good at estimating whether or not I've hit my protein numbers, Mm -hmm. right? Like I I could tell you like, you know, on a given day, if I have like fish dinner and I've had some yogurt in the afternoon and had some eggs in the morning, plus, you know, my requisite no cow bar, like that I'll be sitting around 130 to 150 grams of protein, right? Mm -hmm. Like I can guess at that, but... I think in these six months of like tracking everything pretty carefully and like going on this journey, um, I think I'd still be nervous that the progress would stop. Like like I'd mess it up.
1: The question um, from the last episode where I asked you about like shoulders and you were saying, oh yeah, I like the way my shoulders looked in the pictures from the CrossFit Open. And I was like, okay, well, when will you know that it's enough. Right. And it's the same with like, with the whole macro thing. Yeah. They have a, they serve a very good purpose and like, I'm all for it. Like if, if somebody comes to me and they have a history of disordered eating, I'm very tentative about going down the macro route because it feeds into like every little obsessive. obsessive nature that you would come with. But if somebody is like healthy and you know, open and honest and ready to share, like, oh, God, this is too much, or, like, yeah, oh, my mind's yeah. exploding or whatever, like, they'll take themselves out of it. But if, if somebody comes with, like, a, okay, let, let's give it a shot, and they're open-minded, and they're apparently healthy, it is a freaking awesome tool. Yeah. And it's going to teach you so much. But I will never buy into it as, like, this is how you need to spend the rest of your right. life.
0: So, I mean, like, honestly, <laughs> do you think, like, Am am I heading in that direction? Like, if I, I mean, like, I, I, it never occurred to me that, you know, cause I also, I started with a nutrition coach, the macro counting thing this last time around, uh, in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. And in January, I basically bought like a year of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've got all of 2021 with this, like, and it's, it's like, um, Kind of the the more basic one, like it's it's you know I check I do a check in every week. I have access to the software, but it's not like really uh, a lot of like coach FaceTime or something. Yeah. Um, but like, should I think of taking a whole month off or something?
1: I would say it wouldn't necessarily be like I'm gonna take a month off and then I'm gonna get right back into it because then you spend your entire month thinking about getting back into it. Right, like I'd be worrying about like that yeah, exactly. I exactly. would say it would be a really great goal. I love that this conversation is going this way. That's cool. <laughs> that by the end of this year, by the end of your like year of coaching, you have gotten to a point where you can eat without needing to live by a set of numbers and be okay. comfortable with it. But that that's like more than food. That's you looking at you going like, what, what am I aiming for here? Like, what am I really happy with? Because if you want in your life to be... Twelve percent body fat with veins sticking out and like rippling muscles, <laughs> then, yeah. Luckily, shit. I don't gotta want that. you got to spend the like, rest I of think your life. that would be real hard. hard. yeah. And yeah. tracking and weighing and probably not right. gonna be able to have any fun. And yeah. you got to ask yourself, what's the trade off there? Right. But like you, with all of this like journey, when, when I start working with people, I'm always kind of like, what, what is it that you actually want? And, like, there's the exercise that comes from life coaching where you ask yourself the five whys. So you'd be like, okay, you, you want to track macros. You, you want to lose weight. Okay, why do you want to lose weight? And you keep asking yourself the why till you get down to the very root of it. So you're actually finding right. out, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Sure, aesthetically, yeah, I want to look like this. But, like, what is it that you, that you really want? And, like, part of my work that I've tried to do on myself with my history is, like, how do I get myself to a point where... Yeah, I like to be on the leaner side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I'm sitting at a around about 140 pounds right now. That's at the heavier end for me. But nothing about me is mad about that. Like, sure, yeah. I look in the mirror, I'm like, eh, yeah, you know, come bikini season, <laughs> it <it'll> would be nice <laughs> to, like, pull a bit up here or lose that dimple there. But at the end of the day, it is more important to me to feel good to be able to enjoy my food to feel like I have the energy to go and do what I want to do in the gym and get stronger yeah than it is to like lose this inch here or that inch there and I plan to like I I said I'm like trying to do a little weight cut because I've just been like building some muscle mass and obviously gained a tiny bit of fluff with that too I will count macros for probably two to three months max
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then just, you know, get myself back in track. By that stage, I will have reverse dieted myself to something decent. And then it's time to just do it intuitively again.
0: Interesting. Yeah, no, this is really interesting to think about. Because I feel like at this point, if I were to just stop counting, stop using the macro tracker, um, I actually feel like I kind of know what I would do. I'd probably, like, eat way too much protein Cause I think that's the thing around, um, changing your body composition and even just losing weight. I think for, for people even who aren't athletes, who just maybe sign up for nutrition coaching and want to just lose weight. Um, often the thing you focus on is how much protein you're getting, right? Like that's, if you hit your protein number, um, you'll probably be pretty full, you know, and maybe you don't have to worry about the other numbers so much. And I feel like if I were to stop tomorrow, that's what I would focus on because I'd be like, well, I definitely want to keep my muscle mass. So I'd probably like eat way too much protein because <laughs> that's what that's the only thing I would know to focus on that maybe I could track intuitively. But like carbs and fat are really hard. to. I, I, I can just imagine for me they'd be hard at this point.
1: I mean, you tend to fall into what I found like after my first ever round of macro tracking is that I'm pretty good with eating similar things
0: a lot of yeah, the time me too that's true i could probably so, just stick with the same thing <laughs> reasonably
1: on track is just fine um i mean it's part of like the eating intuitively process too is just like you getting comfortable with like yeah i felt like putting a bunch of salt on my dinner so my weight's gonna be two pounds more tomorrow no big deal yeah yeah
0: and like what or if- i'm craving salt because i Ran ten miles, which yeah, let's be I mean, honest, like, I would never do. But
1: <laughs> right now, like I, I had started to weigh myself daily. And for anybody who's like, oh, why would you do that? Um, I have people weigh themselves daily so we can look at averages.
0: Yeah, because yeah. for that
1: very reason, because depending on what you eat, or it could be your hormones or whatever it is, you could wake up the next day suddenly two pounds heavier, yeah. and people like lose their mind and go, oh my god. Yeah, but actually, to gain two pounds of fat overnight.
0: it's just not possible. No, you're You're right. And that is so much. That is a super important thing to say.
1: I'm really proud of the fact that after that weekend in Mammoth, I came back and got on the scale and it was maybe like a little bit heavier. I don't remember. That I was all separate and I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, I know exactly why. And I know that if it's high in a couple of days, I'll be back to kind of what it was because yeah, sure. I ate more than I usually do. But it's at eat enough to do significant like damage to be able to like right, gain right. many, many pounds.
0: Yeah. And I mean that you're right. That that's super important. Like when I say yes, I, I step on the scale every morning, it's definitely, you know, I I want I want people to understand that it's not because I'm super obsessed with that number on the scale, like I also want to gain muscle, which is heavier right? Like I will I will uh, at some point, yeah, get to a point where I'm actually looking for the scale to go up and stuff like that. So I don't, I'm not encouraging people to be obsessed with the scale, but I do think it's like our distinction between before and after photos and like progress photos, right? Mm -hmm. The scale gives you just one more piece of a puzzle that is average. And it's true. Like my, um, my weight graph, um, that's the other thing I love about nutrition software is like being able to look at things in charts and graphs (laughs) um and it's crazy it's like over the six months it's like it's like the stock market right there is a well it's the opposite of the stock market in my case because I'm slowly losing weight whereas the stock market usually goes up over time but yeah like over time there's this very small but steady downward slope but if you zoom in on any given week it is like super crazy zigzag, right? It's like a cardiac to meter, do this, right? Just to like see yeah.
1: a free app is Happy Scale. Yes, Happy and Scale, it's I like, use that it's, one. It's, it's actually really fascinating. It'll like put pins in for your daily weight mm-hmm. and then like create your average line. So even if you get on the scale one morning and you've suddenly jumped up by two or three pounds, yeah. females out there, you'll know the deal. It happens that you can then look and go, oh, okay, well, the average weight, it's still fun. Yeah. We're still oh, either like, we absolutely. just evened out or we're still actually technically going down.
0: Yeah. And I will say the one thing too, with like, I mentioned earlier how what actually I was worried about most when we were away was the quality of my sleep, mm-hmm. because that's actually the thing that I have noticed with the scale. Because um, I weigh myself right as soon as I get up in the morning. Um, that's also the key is to weigh yourself the same time every day, because otherwise it's kind of remarkable that you're weight fluctuates so much over the course of a day. Um, but if I sleep really poorly, especially for like, let's say I don't get great sleep for like three or four nights out of a week, I can guarantee, like I, I just know that will be a week where my average weight will be like plateaued. Oh, yeah. Even if I'm in a cut, right? Like if I'm in a caloric deficit, I'm probably actually losing weight. Like whether it's hopefully it's more fat than muscle, but I'm losing. Um, but if I sleep like shit, it will, it'll plateau until I get my sleep back in order.
1: 100%. Like the, those other pieces of the puzzle, people think it's all like, oh, it's all to do with food or how many hours you can spend in the gym, but yeah, actually not at all. <laughs> for many people, it can be everything that you do outside of those things that is required to kind of make those other parts work.
0: Yeah. 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 Sleep is huge. So that's, uh that's definitely why I was more worried about the alcohol. But
1: but yeah, I mean like it's funny when I say it out loud and talk about macro counting and intuitive eating. I have a shitty business model. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> come come to me for like nutrition help and I'm going to tell you to figure it all out so you don't need well, me anymore.
0: But clearly, I have I have also just proven like wait a minute though, you actually need a coach to guide you through that oh, yes. as well because oh, 100%. I I think I, I think that's the thing about intuitive eating like And I see this on, I mean, right, I see this on social media where there's tons of misperceptions and, you know, people out there telling you, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum and calling it the same thing that like, to some people, intuitive eating means like, I sit around and I I don't put any food in my body unless I feel hunger pains in my belly. It's like, well... That's not intuitive eating, right? And like some people are like, well, I ran 10 miles and then I didn't feel hungry for six hours. I'm like, that's not intuitive either. Cause like if you know you ran 10 miles, you should probably know your body needs fuel, even if it doesn't feel that that's way. That's right? why, like, like,
1: macro counting for like three months, six months, you know, eight months, whatever, however long it takes for you to understand, like, to have probably gone through, like, let's find your maintenance. Right. Maybe let's go through a cut. What does that look like? Let's get back up to a new maintenance level. Or if you're looking to gain weight, like you learn what that feels like, what that looks like. Yeah. And you've repeated it enough that you have kind of like the muscle yeah. memory, right? And so you learn like, like,
0: what's a good day in the gym feel like? Yeah. Like, and like do you feel you know, well-fueled? And... Am
1: I fueled? Am I struggling? What do I need? And you learn that through macro counting. Because you have been very precise about things. But then it's, you know, if, if you get to the point where you go out for a meal with your loved one, your friends, your family, whatever, and you cannot enjoy it because you're stressing over the numbers, there's no freaking point in you going out for right. a meal. Right. And then all of a sudden your social life is affected. And now we're taking macro counting to a point where it's like, yeah, this is tipping into like we're creating a problem. We're not solving right. a problem.
0: <laughs> Like, if you're that person that shows up at, like, a friend's wedding with your own Tupperware container mm-hmm. of, like, chicken and rice or something. And like I said,
1: like, there are instances, of course, if you're a weight class athlete or something yeah. like that, yeah. then, yeah, there's going to be times where you got to turn up and do freaky things. And the people around <laughs> you will still love you for it. Yes, and you, they, like, will. they will. like they'll understand your why. But if you have no good reason for doing that, that is not healthy behavior. Right. If right. you feel like you contract one meal and you get in cold sweats about it and anxiety that is a problem and yeah like getting transitioning from okay i've strictly followed this this plan like i have counted i weighed i've measured for x amount of time how do i live without that then heck yeah you you need to the hand-holding of a coach yeah. to help
0: you with that okay true confessions time <laughs> Woo! So, i started i started counting macros Back in, yeah, early September 2020. Um, My anniversary is October 15th. Mm -hmm. And Jeff and I went to our favorite Indian restaurant in town. And I totally put my food scale in my purse. (laughs) Because I knew I was getting my favorite thing. And I actually probably can very easily guess the, the macros of my favorite like salmon curry that I always get there. But the wild card was the uh, samosas. So like samosas are so delicious, right? It's like potatoes and Have peas you ever and seen that bread. Indian food being cooked. Oh yeah, I know it's like all in oil and everything like that. So I was like, all right. So the wild card is the samosas. So I'm just gonna bring the food scale, cause so I could at least like, cause I had already preloaded some things in my macro counter for samosas, um, but it was by grams. So I needed to know like how many grams. So I totally, I pulled out my food scale and just sat it on the table to weigh my samosas when they came to the table. Oh Luckily, goodness. it was, it was during, it was, I mean, it was during the pandemic. I think it was when we had gotten, last time we'd gotten into the tier where, whenever outdoor dining opened up again in the mm-hmm. fall or something. So we were on their patio out in front of the restaurant and there was only one other table that could not see me at all. Like, <laughs> but I still felt a little ridiculous.
1: But oh, I was like Lord. only
0: a month in. I was trying to be no. Really I mean, I get it. Like, careful, when but... My
1: first round of like tracking with a coach, and like part of me is just like, if I have a coach or someone's paying me attention. I want to be, like, best in freaking show. Like, oh, yeah. I won like, all the stars, oh, yes. like, A+, and all that, like, I, that makes me sound like such a little shit. But, you know, I just, like, <laughs> I want to achieve, people. Oh, my gosh, and yes. So, I had been, I was probably six weeks-ish into my macro tracking. At the time, I was still a pro sailor. So, I was um, on the boat out in Rhode Island. I was staying on the boat. I had started to get to know the people who, like, had boats on the dock and would come down in the evenings and weekends and... And they were all having, like, the, oh, there was, like, some kind of palooza event with with all the Something boats. Something palooza. Something palooza. <laughs> and so, you know, they invited me. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I was like, shit, that means I've got to go on their boat for a whole day and, like, eat whatever they're eating. Which is going to be, like, chips and oh, yeah. dip and, like, probably hot dogs and beer and...
0: Not being able saw, to eat cheese saves you from a lot of yeah, party, but I got problems like straight up anxiety, regard.
1: and then it turns out the day of this palooza, like it was the weather was terrible. It was like a full on storm. We had to cancel it, so we decided to have Docker palooza instead. Oh, nice! Where, like, there We you all go. gathered on the dock. I mean, like Docker
0: palooza sounds like something
1: you get waves. Uh, bring your own food to. Right, waves were crashing over the dock. It was like that bad, but everyone was like, "We're hanging in here. We're doing this thing," and it started at like eleven a.m. Like I'd gone to the gym. I think I did a double session at the gym just to make sure and then, <laughs> and then like immediately I walked down the dock from the gym and someone's there with a bloody mary in that hand and then mm-hmm. like the the there's some like local food from like the harbor that's like fried clam situation like it's like it's like a ball <laughs> a and it's like, dough and clams. And, like it's, it's definitely something where I was like I don't not even know how to deal with this and for a hot second, I was like, oh, God, I I, I just want everyone to go away. And I just want yeah. to shut myself in my boat and, you know, get to my food scale and track everything. And then I just had this kind of like moment of clarity where I was like, what the hell? Like, this is one day these people who have made you feel so welcome here. Yeah. When you're staying on a freaking boat all by yourself, like across the country from your friends and like your, I think he was fiance at the time. And why can I not enjoy yeah. myself? Like, is it, am I really obs- that obsessed with these numbers that I cannot for one day just enjoy myself and throw caution to the wind? And, so and like,
0: the rules of hospitality mean you should probably not turn down their clam situation.
1: <laughs> I, I gotta look up what they're called. Clam situation <laughs> is not I think it. clam
0: situation works just <laughs> fine. <laughs>
1: Uh, if I ever have, own a restaurant, I'm gonna serve a dish called <laughs> clam situation. The clam situation. that we cake spread on bread. But anyway, like I decided, like to hell with it. Like this is stupid. Like what does it even matter? Like yeah. even if I gain ten pounds a day, which is not possible, I can get rid of it. It's fine. Yeah. Cause I had just uh, six weeks in. Like generally with macro counting, like the first month, some people change a little bit. You know, maybe the first week you piss out a few carbs, and then you kind of like. Not much happens, and everyone thinks it's a disaster. And then yeah. you get into the second month, and then your body goes, eh, okay. And I'd just gone to that point where I was like, oh, progress. But I threw caution to the wind, and I ate the clam situation <laughs> and Pringles, and I drank Ooh, Pringles. <laughs> pretty good. And I drank wine, and I drank beer, and I drank Bloody Marys, and whatever else anybody gave to me, and.
0: Just Mixing all that is ill-advised for other reasons, I think. Yeah, like,
1: it's not recommended, <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. Why and Bloody Marys so, together. And that yeah. was super important. Like, I had fun in the moment. I allowed yeah. myself yeah. to be sociable and to enjoy it and to just be like, this is one day. And tomorrow, I can go back to the damn food scale. So, anyway, I get up the next morning. I probably felt like shit. But got on my scales expecting, like, disaster yeah. to happen. Not a freaking thing. And in fact, that week I then went on to like, there was a period of a a month where I just really did drop a decent amount of weight. And I was like, you know what? One of those other factors, like we were talking earlier, like sleep is important yeah, and water and movement and exercise. Just having
0: a little fun was the factor Stress
1: is also a huge roadblock to success when it comes to like losing weight. And I realized that I had been so, like, uptight if I couldn't track every gram. I didn't. I hadn't had fun, really, in six weeks. I'd had superficial fun, but I hadn't, like, just yeah. let go of stuff. And that, like, sleep was your roadblock. Like, yeah, stress absolutely. and anxiety was my roadblock. And then I was like, okay, sure, if I indulge in glam situations every single night... With multiple different drinks, I'm probably going to not lean out in the way I'd like to, but if I do it every now and again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And then at the end of, like, so I did three months with a coach of, like, solid macro tracking, and we actually, the entire time, reverse dieted. The first week, I was... Like, lower on calories, and then we just pretty much increased my calories all the time. I was like, This is magic. I'm still eating more and I'm still losing yep, weight. It is magic. And then I when was like, start doing that. Okay, I'm gonna go out into the world on my own. And I still tracked for about another, I tracked everything for about another two months after that. And then I was like, recognizing that I was becoming too obsessed. Yeah. And that I was starting to like, limit myself from being able to enjoy eating anything not just like going out for a meal but like and i was also developing some really not good eating habits like you've seen it for a while like <laughs> i was eating freaking cold vegan hot dogs oh my gosh yes on a gluten-free piece of cinnamon bread because it cinnamon
0: raisin bread cinnamon
1: raisin bread with a with
0: vegan tabasco
1: because it hit novice. Yes,
0: I think our listeners need to understand this. I came over one morning, you were toasting <laughs> a piece of cinnamon raisin bread, slicing up a vegan hot dog, putting it on top, and then putting on, it wasn't even just straight up Tabasco, it was like the green one, or like the jalapeno tab- mm-hmm. I don't know. But like, who puts Tabasco on cinnamon raisin bread? Me and pregnant women. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this was like this was like I under normal circumstances, if I didn't know you as well as I know you, I would have asked you, like, "Do you, you think you're pregnant?" Like, because that was the most disgusting breakfast I've ever seen. So you know, but it fit her macros. It fit my
1: macros. <laughs> like it can. It is a great tool, and I'm currently coaching many people through doing it. And, um, but I think there also needs to be a very healthy, like, okay you've either like reached your weight loss or like what is your ultimate goal? Like yeah. where is your journey? Yeah. Because if you're seeking this aesthetic, it's probably never going to be good enough, right? You'll get there and you'll be like, oh, but I could go a little bit more. Yeah, and that's true. Let's adjust these numbers and live by them more strictly and I could I could take this out of my life and you know what? There's got to be, unless there's a really good reason, there's got to be life balance. Like the ultimate yeah. goal for me as a coach in terms of my clients is to get them to a place where they're fundamentally happy within themselves where they don't need a macro tracking app as a crutch right right where they understand how to fuel their bodies and what their body needs where we've gotten rid of any like you know obsessive intake of sugar that's working against them like we've we've gone through that process of eliminating the stuff that does not serve them like finding out ways to like nourish them and to be like happy like where is we all have kind of a set point with our bodies like genetically yeah how do we make the most out of ourselves and be as healthy as we can be and able to do everything we want to do without just like working against ourselves and being mean to ourselves and spending the rest of our lives in a situation where it's just like I just kind of ever seem to be happy. Yeah. And then maybe if I just get that little bit more obsessive, there'll be happiness. It's like, it doesn't work like that.
0: It is. It's so sad when you're like, I mean, I see this, well, I'm in mean, a fair bit online, It, you know, in, I mean, groups like, I don't know, like the power abs, Facebook group and all these random, you know, CrossFit groups that I'm in on Facebook. And you see people that are like, you know, I'm just finally, I've like, I've reached this point where I just don't think I can do anything else. I've, I've been eating about 1400 calories a day for the last two and a half years. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, mm-hmm. you've been starving yourself for two and a half years. Like, yeah. that cannot be a happy existence. But these are athletes, right? These are people who are also at 1400 calories a day going into the gym and like really pushing themselves. And I mean, it's they're true. almost it's like, like
1: athletes are almost some of the group that need coaches when it comes to transitioning out of right? that more than almost anybody because like, Sure they need that a coach a to get life them to eat to more. live yeah to function as a straight up machine yeah, but that is not a life you have to live to yeah. just be a human
0: right Well, and I mean even as an athlete like I mean I think of we've talked about this before of how when I started eating a lot more carbs mm-hmm. than I had when I was experimenting with you know different macro numbers with like higher fat diets and things like that for different medical reasons, Oh my goodness, like there's no denying when you've eaten well to like fuel the kind of workouts you want to do, it's, I mean, it feels like magic, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I'd have to totally change the way I eat if I decided to become like a long distance runner. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like finding that sweet spot of knowing what to eat so you just feel good in your daily life, whatever that looks like, whether it's athletic or, you know, otherwise. I mean, like Um, I want to, I want to kind of like say that, you know, I've mentioned three months
1: six months like for some people macro counting for a year is what it takes to have gone through like like the ebbs and flows of weight and like figuring out right, right. like how best to fuel yourself and and what it all looks like i mean it, it's as we said before it's everyone's different and so it takes a different amount of time and different experiences but like for me personally as a coach my ultimate goal is for people to to learn how to feel themselves to be happy and healthy. Yeah. And yeah. not to need to lean on something that has the potential to lead someone to obsessive behavior for longer than they need it. And it, right. it and if, when you're coaching someone for long enough and you get to know them, it's very obvious when they're ready to graduate. Yeah? Yeah. Okay.
0: That's good like to know. If your
1: coach knows you well... They will know when it's like, okay, now now's time. Let's let's try this. Let's try and not be leaning on this tool too hard.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: And if I've done my job right, then my clients will know like when it when it gets to that time, they will know like how to feel themselves right. They will understand why they feel great eating certain things. Why they feel terrible eating certain things? We yeah. will have worked through that process of like, I feel shitty when I eat this, but I can't stop. We will have gotten past all of that. Yeah, and then, my job then is to be there as like, lean on me. Let's go. <laughs>
0: exactly. That's what you're here for. Let's go. <sighs> well, I do. I do feel like that. That that is ideal because I. I mean, those four days that we were away, I definitely. I did not feel bad spreading cake on bread. Yeah. Like, right? It was delicious.
1: I would be so sad if you were sad about (laughs) that. I was
0: not sad about that at all. And I mean, I mean, it's funny too. You talk about like sort of fueling for activities. I mean, my, my, my fitness tracker told me that the day of snowshoeing that we did burned like 1300 calories. Like I have no idea if that's accurate. Um, but it is true that yes, like. Backpacking and climbing mountains does burn a lot of calories, and when you think about it that like like that, it's like, what better to fuel snowshoeing than cake on bread? Cake on bread, (laughs) (laughs) and and maybe you know a glass of wine afterwards. And
1: (laughs) but I mean, it's difficult. Like we we mentioned, like not just like you taking a break from macro counting, me taking a break from my gym routine. That's rough. Like I freaking hate being away from the gym.
0: Yeah. Like. That's true. I don't have the same and anxiety like, that you have about that, but the thing I get that. that. Yeah.
1: Saved me was like the fact that I was like snowboarding for the day. Like, yeah, my yeah. fitness tracker, which is probably not that accurate at all, told me I burned like nineteen hundred
0: calories. Yeah. Going like a up and full down. day of snowboarding up and yeah. Absolutely.
1: So that's fine. I mean, if we'd just gone out there and like sat on our asses and like <laughs> spread cake on bread, and spread pizza and drunk, many you did, you did try to
0: get us to do twenty one point two, the non equipment version. <laughs> She wanted us to do, like, I noticed like burpees, a drink in hand burpees like, and broad jumps in this tiny little condo. With like, people underneath.
1: Yeah. That's what stopped me because I live underneath people, and I'm like, I would be so mad.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we opted not to do that, which was a great idea.
1: But, but I mean, that's, like, that, to me, like, I'm much better when it comes to food now about being able to be rational and be like, you know what? There's, I don't want to be miserable every time we go out for dinner this weekend yeah. or whatever. The workout part? was definitely harder, that
0: was harder for you,
1: yeah. Like, yeah, when I went to clear snow off my car, I was jumping up and down <laughs> because it was like, I'm doing something. You thought it was a workout.
0: <laughs> Clearing snow for time. That's st- what Hannah yeah. was doing. But
1: I started laughing at myself and I was like, because I recognize that behavior. Like, yeah it's I, I see it, and I'm like, okay, just just stop being silly. Yeah, you're fine. Because you're not a professional athlete anymore either. So it's not your right? job. No one's paying you. You know what like I wish I wish we altitude knew. Altitude jumping jacks.
0: I uh oh my gosh, yeah. Well being at altitude, that's true. We would have felt terrible had we done the burpees and broad jumps. That would have been amazing at like ten thousand feet. But um the thing I wanna know is like I wonder how active we were, like calories or otherwise, I guess, metrics of how active we were the day we went like tubing. I mean, because that was a lot of fun. Was
1: probably <laughs> I mostly wonder... laughing than anything <laughs> well, else. Well, exactly. Given that you got towed up and you slide down, right? Not a but I think, of... but
0: I think the tubing was like maybe that was like the the exercise version of spreading cake on bread, right? Like, <laughs> like doing something. I mean, we were surrounded by children and families, right? Like, not there were there were other people like adults also enjoying the time but you know that was that was fun and playful and not at all what we would conventionally think of as exercise but but we were out there in the snow yeah we got towed up the hill so probably wasn't as much exercise as sledding might have been but um but I don't know I think it's it's good to have those times that I think that's like- you're not tracking exercise either <laughs> that's
1: like life balance right that was like being able to have those moments where you unplug where yeah. you know like oh crap i i wasn't in the gym today during that workout or shit, i didn't track my macros and like being able to do that and be totally fine with it yeah and then finding that balance where you most of the time you are eating healthy and being consistent with your exercise whatever that looks like it doesn't have to be crossfit whether you're a runner or like you play or golf just or even just a is, walker, walker right
0: like just yeah getting out there so yeah the 80 i mean 80 20 rule right that's what people often say too is if you can get to a hat you know that's a healthy kind of balance of like yeah most of the time you're following the rules whether that's with macro counting or intuitive which now is another goal of mine like trying like to figure first, out how to get to that
1: point <laughs> when i first started coaching i was just like oh gosh all my clients they need they need something like grand and shiny every week it's got to be like big yeah. or we got to change numbers or we've got every week's got to be like a statement and it's like you know what some of my favorite check-ins is where we're literally just like hey how's it going yeah do the same thing you're doing great and i felt like a fraud in the beginning when i first got a client to that stage because i was like am I doing anything?
0: Right. Is like, this, is this enough? Is this okay? Yeah. Is this
1: enough? And it's like, it was so much. And it was like, it's so powerful to just know that you're the person that's just sitting there telling someone like, you good. Yeah. Do your thing. Yeah. And like that person can just lean on you to be like, my good. And I'm like, you good. Cool. See you in a week. <laughs>
0: right. No, I, and I, I can say from experience as someone on the other side of that, that is the best week, mm-hmm. like a week where you're just like, okay, I did it, like, I didn't do it perfectly, but I did it, and things are moving in whatever direction you want them to, and all your coach says is, nice work. But I mean, like, with, <laughs> we've, we've talked
1: about it before, like, we're always striving for something, but, like, my goal is to strive to be, like, at peace with myself, to just be, yeah. like, yeah. This is me, and I'm good, and I'm always going to try and take care of myself, and I'm always going to, like, you know, try and eat good things and, you know, not gain unnecessary weight, but as life goes on, I will gain some weight, and I don't want to
0: be at war with myself forevermore, so... Yeah, that's a great line. I don't, I don't think any of us should ever be at war with ourselves, but obviously that happens most of us are it's we a, are I in mean, that's some aspect what we've and... talked about from so many different angles so far is like yeah like getting to a place where you're not at war with yourself that's that's an that's a great i don't want to do damage phrase. to myself <laughs> and
1: i don't want to fight myself i just want to be like you know mostly keeping myself in check yeah. but not being overly like obsessive about it because that's stressful man <laughs> <laughs> I'm over that. I want to. I want to enjoy me and cake on bread and cake on bread because <laughs> if you haven't tried it, you probably should. Oh, oh my goodness! And we did mention the ingredients of the cake earlier. Oh so right! Yeah, you, it's super simple. <laughs> if you're really bad at cooking and you want to impress somebody, you should do this. It is eight eggs. You beat them up till they're super fluffy. You need like a whisk, electric whisk. Don't try to dope by your hand unless you want really big guns Big on forearms, one side. yes. It can be a so workout. Eight eggs whisked up, a pound of dark chocolate. I like the lint 70%, mm-hmm. two thirds mixed with one third lint, dark chocolate, caramel sea salt. Mm-hmm. So a pound of chocolate in total, and then two sticks of butter. Yeah. And you whisk the eggs. You melt the chocolate and the butter together and then you fold it. Really important to fold it. Don't stir it because otherwise you
0: lose your bubbles. You have to fold it.
1: And then you bake it for about 30 minutes. (laughs) Anyone out there who's a fan of Schitt's Creek is laughing
0: at the fold in. i have never seen
1: that. But like bake it for 30 minutes, let it cool, refrigerate. Yeah. And it should be like, it's, it is dense, but it should be also kind of like, it's fluffy. fluffy it's like a
0: mousse yeah it's very spreadable if you let um, it cool it
1: goes like mousse like yeah if you t- have it straight out of the fridge it's more firm
0: yes i have i mean if you let it warm i have four pieces of it currently in my freezer um if you eat it frozen it's like the most delicious like it's not like ice cream because it's so much harder but it's like yeah it's it's amazing frozen as well you cannot spread it on bread when it is frozen though um, that will tear up your delicious cinnamon bread. But um, yeah,
1: it's well worth it.
0: It's well worth it.
1: So I think on that note, that concludes episode eight. And uh, I think we both highly recommend spreading on bread. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you for listening and we will see you next time.